Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is July 12, 2016, and I have my tea at the ready because my voice is doing some wonky stuff. I was up a lot later than I should have been last night, partly because we were having storms, and that makes some of the young people in my household a little uneasy. So we were up playing Skippo until the wee hours, or at least the wee hours for us. <laughs> we were up as I said, much later than we should have been. Um, today is already bright and sunny. I have no idea what the temperature is going to be, but yesterday it was just hot and humid, and it, you know, high 90s, that sort of thing. I'm hoping today is not one of those days and that we can just get out and enjoy the, the weather and maybe go swimming or something like that. And then I can think about my most recent project, because of course I'm working on On Your Six, um, the third book in my Desiree Jackson series, and playing around a little bit with Noble, which is an independent project that I'm working on for a character, another fiction, but it's actually young adult, which is something new for me. I, I never wanted to write any young adult at all. I was staying completely away from it because my perspective on it was, why would I want to relive that period of my life? <laughs> Not that it was horrible necessarily, but man, being a teenager is tough. And it certainly, I have to say, I think it's actually harder now than it was when I was coming up. So I don't know, but I'm going to try it anyway. So I started writing Noble a couple months ago, and I put it down, and I'll have to pick that back up again. But my new project is actually a nonfiction project, and so I'm excited. I started writing yesterday, for the most part. I got about 1,000 words in on the nonfiction project, and it's something that's for busy moms. And it's not one of those books that's telling you how you're doing it all wrong. Nope, nope, nope. That's not my perspective on it. And I can't stand books that give you that impression. So that is not the objective of this particular book. But I'll give you more details on that and the title of it um, in future podcasts. Speaking of which, I've got openings I know in September. August is full. I have not looked out beyond September, but you can. You can go over to backportrier.com to the guest spots page and just click on the Calendly logo there and you can set up your own appointment to be here for 15 to 20 minutes or so while we chat about what it is that you're doing. Today's show, we're going to talk about the five reasons to write young adult fiction, and some of them are true, and I did not make them up. <laughs> but I've asked my guest, um, Kyle Hiller, who is a debut young adult fiction author, to give me his perspective on why he writes young adult fiction, because I just told you I'm, I'm going to go into it with Noble, and I really didn't think I would ever do young adults. So I've got some ideas of why I'm doing it. I want to hear Kyle's ideas for why he got into the young adult genre. Welcome to Back Porch Rider, Kyle. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So let's dive right in. Your book is called The Recital. And mm-hmm. before we talk about what your book is about, give us one reason, just one reason why you decided to write young adult uh, in the young adult genre. Um, I think the main reason was 
I, I, don't, I don't think I ever really grew up. I think I tried to grow up and I tried to have a big boy job and all that other stuff. And I realized that um, that just wasn't what I wanted. Um, and I was really upset with some of the people that I was working with and I don't get upset for anything and it was a daily thing. And um, I just decided that I had to go back to my roots. Um, and then I started reading a lot of young adult fiction, um, not even on purpose. It just kind of happened. I think that was what was luring me in. And um, I had the story that I had been, you know, kind of toying with for a long time. And I decided, hey, you know what? I guess this is time to write it. You really got to think about what's important to me and who I really am. And I think a lot of that comes from just who we are. And when we're growing up as kids and teenagers, as hard as it is, I don't really think it gets any easier. But, you know, I think we think it gets easier when we're adults because we have that freedom or, you know, but I don't know. It's That's in it enough. There's some aspects that get easier and then there's others that just don't. <laughs> mm, right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like the drama doesn't seem to really go away if you are in a position no, where you're working with other people. The drama doesn't <laughs> die. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess and it sounds like you have a low tolerance for drama. Material. Yeah. I, I, do. <laughs> I only like drama on the page. Right? You know, and I actually I write middle grade too, um, and I okay. enjoy I love reading middle grade. But I have only read, I mean, in the last several years, I only read a little bit of the Yah stuff and get into the young adult. And uh, as I said in the intro, it's because, man, that's a hard time in life. Why relive some of that? It is. <laughs> <As a writer. laughs> so why did, why did you choose to go back and relive some of that? Because you had to, have, to, to write some of the stuff that you're writing. Yeah, I think... Um... As much as, as a challenge, I think it was growing up as, as a kid for, you know, a lot of people, I think, again, it really brought forth what the values were for me, what was important to me in life, I think hasn't really changed since I was young. I think, you know, what we learn from our parents or from, you know, our siblings or even some of our best friends or something like that, you think you, you get much of that from just when you're growing up and you're learning about the world. And I think a lot of us still have that, um, you know, this feeling of this understanding of the world in this pure sense. When we're kids, we understand it. It's really straightforward. Maybe not so much black and white, but we know what what is genuine, what isn't. We, we, kids tell the truth. They're honest. They're not going to sugarcoat it for you. Um, they tell you how things are. And I think there's an honesty to young adult fiction, Um because in that honesty, there is this uh, sense of, of, of fear and apprehension, and we don't know what's going on or what's happening or why or how to deal with it. It's, it's dealing with so many new firsts and being able to just, you know, overcome these conflicts really brings forth who you really are as a person in the long run. Mm-hmm. So now we probably should at least talk about the recital and what it's about because I have other questions about it. So people need to know what your story is about. So go. Okay. Um, so young, the, the recital is a young adult fiction novel. Um, it's based in magical realism. It's a coming-of-age story. Um, it's about a girl who ends up in a fight with a school rival and nearly kills the girl because she accidentally casts magic. Um, she discovers she's a witch. Um, and she's just a regular girl coming into seventh grade. She's 12 years old. Um, she's worried about 
pre-algebra and her first kiss and all these other regular things that you kind of worry about when you're in seventh grade and think that everything's all great in her world and everything's smooth. She's in middle school now. She's done sixth grade. She's, she's, she's doing it. And then all of a sudden this happens alongside a bunch of other things like just having some family issues, um, coping with, you know, a family divorce, um, is a big thing that I feel like a lot of people deal with at a young age. Um, so that's mm-hmm. the recital. Um, yeah. All right. So the, the first couple questions then are, um, your protagonist is a girl and she's 12. Mm-hmm. You're a guy. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> what made you decide to write from that perspective? Um, so I have, long struggled writing male protagonists or at least lead protagonists. I think, I think women have so much more at stake every day that I think it makes their story much more weighted, much more important, um, much more dire than I think it does for, from the male perspective. Um, And I think my life has always been, I don't want to talk about the way that, I entirely see things, but I want to look at the things that I see and look at it from another perspective. I always wanted to know what other people saw and what was happening in the same area. Um, So taking it from the perspective of a 12-year-old girl, um, it was a challenge. um, But I really feel like me personally, I've always had an affinity for um, understanding the, the, the voice of a woman having been raised by my mom and my sister and my grandmom and um, not really having a father figure or even a strong male figure for much of my life um, also kind of helps with that too. I think a lot of the uh, friends that I came up with were my best friends tend to be women. Um, And I think it probably just goes back down to the fact that I grew up in a household filled with women um, I don't know if there's any other psychological explanation to it. Um, <clears throat> I just know that I'm good at writing about women because I've known them really closely. They've been a play, mm-hmm. they played a great part in just raising me and me becoming who I am today. One of the reviews that you received over on Amazon, and just as a side, everybody, review love. He's got about seven reviews for the recital. Can always use more. <laughs> Independent authors can always use more reviews, so please go over there and check out his book and leave a, a review for him. One of the reviews um, talked about that, the fact that she really enjoyed your book and was surprised, pleasantly, mind you, surprised that it was written by a guy and that the protagonist was a 12-year-old girl. And I thought, well, that's a pretty good compliment right there, that you were able to <laughs> make it so convincing is what she was basically saying. You were so convincing as this pr- protagonist, you know, and that's mm-hmm. a great compliment to receive. Yeah. So, so my next question then is, okay, you tackled this um, challenge of writing from a 12-year-old girl's perspective and you're a man, but you did something else, and that is you're an African-American man writing not just a 12-year-old girl's perspective, but a 12-year-old Euro-American girl's perspective. So this, this is a little bit different. So how did, you, how did that come about? What, what were you thinking then? And, you know, was it challenge, more challenging? Did that make it less challenging? Um, I don't think it made it more challenging. Um, 
I think the challenge really was being able to write in the voice of a 12-year-old girl. Um, <clears throat> I didn't necessarily make any deliberate conscious decision to make her white or black or anything, um, but I do know that I did want to stress the fact that this book has um, a diversity of characters. Um, I'll, I'll all the kids that are kind of in this, this school that she's going to, um, you know, her, her best friends, there's, there's, they're black, or there's one that's French-Canadian, one's Japanese. I grew up in West Philly, and West Philadelphia is a very, very diverse town, part of town at least. Um, and you kind of get to brush with a lot of different cultures. And I think going back to the whole idea that when you're growing up, that's when you are much more of a sponge and you take in a lot more information. I think being around different kinds of people really helped me to understand so many different perspectives. Um, people coming from all different walks of life, um, even if they were just in the city, I think you still get diversity in background and heritage and nationality. Um, and I think um, there needs to be more writers who can write in different voices. I think um, one of the difficulties for me as a young adult fiction reader is that um, all the characters tend to be these white suburbanites who live in suburbia and they have these problems that aren't really relatable to me um, where there are two parent households that are, you know, middle to upper class. And I never got to read young adult fiction that had characters that I knew whether they were white or black or, or Asian or Latino that weren't living in suburbia that didn't have uh, this, this, you know, this affluency about them. They were like me where they came from a single parent, low income household. It didn't matter what color you were because it happened to everyone. Um, so I think that was kind of one of the things that, you know, kind of helped me to really write in that voice. And um, it took a lot of research. I had to ask people a lot of questions. Um, I really had to, I mean, thank God for the Internet as well. Um, but a lot of it I did draw off my experience. Um, I have a diverse um, host of friends, which I think I'm really grateful for. Mm -hmm. So let's switch gears a little bit because this is your debut novel. What sort of things have you done to market your book and which of those things has been most successful for you? Um, I think what's been the most helpful has been word of mouth, actually. Um, I think when you write a good book and you hand it to the people you know, they talk about it. Um, I think that's been a big help. That's really helped me reach out to other opportunities that have allowed me to maybe get some book reviews or um, attending networking events and meeting new people and talking to them about it and then getting it finally in their hands and then they are really excited about it. Um, however, um, that alone is not going to bring me long-term success. I think a lot of it has been me trying to reach out to people that I don't know. Um, you know, some podcasts. Um, and, you know, just constantly getting people to do book reviews or, or blog posts, um, utilizing social media without being like, hey, buy my book. Um, it's more like mm -hmm. I want to have conversations with people about what the important issues are that I really talk about in this book. You know, I mean, this book deals a lot with, um, you know, divorce and, and family and 
Um, it deals a lot with, you know, magic as a metaphor to faith or religion or, you know, there's a lot of things about um, sexual awakening and there's a lot um, of materials in here that I think are basis for conversation, which is what I really wanted to write the recital uh, for specifically was to just get people to talk about different views and being okay with being different. So. Mm-hmm. So I read over on your blog that you are also working on another book. Is this a continuation like connected to this, the recital, or are you writing independent standalone books? Um, the next project is standalone. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out to me asking, when's the sequel coming out? And I tell them, well, you might get it. It might be another five, six years, but, you know, one day. Um, it kind of depends on the success of the book. Um, I, I have plenty of ideas. I think that's also kind of the problem with why I'm not continuing it yet, because I have too many ideas. I need to sort through all those before I can really pick one. Um, I don't want to just dive into it for the sake of saying, hey, I have a young adult fiction series that, you know, you can buy on Amazon. Because I feel like not to knock on anybody's hustle, but a lot of independent young adult fiction writers write 10 books, and they release them all within a few years. And I kind of want to just take my time with the story and really digest it because it is very integral to me. Um, It's kind of like – I think of, of Stargirl by Spinelli. He, his, the, those two books um, were seven years apart from each other, if I'm not mistaken. And I think, um, you know, and you just don't want to force too much on people. And I kind of like the fact that people are missing it or yearning for it. So when the time is right, they'll get it. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I'll give them something else for them to latch on to. And then they can clamor for that sequel, for that book. And then got to get them hooked and yeah, keep hooked. How long does it typically take you to write your manuscript, the first draft? Um, so actually, this book has had um, different incarnations. Um, so it started off as a short story that I started in 2005. Um, I put it on the shelf for a while um, and then decided to come back to it as a um, web series that we were going to film. Um Back then, my characters were all older, so it wasn't young adult fiction. It was contemporary uh, adult fiction, um, which I struggled with with the script um, for a long time. I mean, we managed to finish the TV pilot. We actually went along and made it a TV pilot instead. I got the pitch to uh, Josh Sweden's production company with the show, which was great, oh. but I think the story was really flawed, um, hence probably why it wasn't picked up. Um which I'm kind of grateful for because I think I never would have decided to write this in this voice, which I feel like is more true to me. So I started writing it seriously as a book in 2014, uh, around the summertime, probably about two years ago uh, now in July. And um, I finished writing it. The manuscript was completely done at about, I'd say, February of this year. So about, a year, uh, year and some change, I guess, um, year and a half or so. Um, but I don't want my next manuscript to take that long. I think this was much more of a learning process for me to really sit down and learn how to finish a manuscript and, you know, understand what makes 
a good book, a good book, and being able to implement so many little tiny details into the book without being overbearing, um, things like that, I think, really take a lot of time. I think I'm going to be more ready to do that with the next novel. But at the same time, you don't really know what the challenges are going to be when you first start your next project. It's not until you get into the thick of it that things start to appear and you don't know how to tackle them. So they might slow things down, but, you know, you get into a process or a discipline with it. Mhm, mhm. Absolutely. So, Kyle, how can everyone reach you? What's the best way to find um, you? Uh, let's see. Best way to find me? Um, I'm on Twitter um, at coolyoshi64. C O O L Y O S H I six four. Um, there's also my website at sevenintheafternoon.com. Um, you can also email me at hi Kyle at sevenintheafternoon.com. Um, I'm pretty transparent. So, you know, I'm always down for a conversation with people. Um, so those are probably the best ways to reach me, I guess. Tell me your Twitter handle again. It's cool, Yoshi, Y-O-S-H-I, 6-4. Okay. Excellent, excellent. Everyone, go check out his website and his book. And as I said before, be sure to leave him a review and tell him what you thought of the book. And uh, the, the rule here is karma, people. What goes around comes around. Please remember that. So when you're leaving your reviews, keep that in the back of your head. Um, thank you, Kyle, so much for being with me here on Backport Writer today. All right, thank you. It was a pleasure. You have a great day. All right, you too. Thank you. So five reasons to write young adult fiction. I have these written out in the show notes here on Blog Talk Radio, but I'll go over them very quickly, and you can tell me whether you agree or not in, in the comments. Uh, it's still selling well. You know, there, there was a dip in the market about 2015 or so. I got that information from the bookseller. You can go check it out. I, I have a link there. Um, but now, you know, it's diversifying and opening up to more debut authors. And you can, of course, check out author earnings and their various reports they give about how uh, authors make their money. Indie authors are making their money. Um, it's also become more more inclusive. And what I mean by that is the We Need Diverse Books organization is having a positive impact, specifically on agents in the traditional publishing world. You know, they're starting to see and read more books by authors of color. And, and so if you plan to go that route, you might have a little bit more of an end now than you would have had before, thanks to the movement We Need More Diverse Books. Uh, the, a third reason would be that you know, young adult is all about exploration, and that's one of the things that I think Kyle is pointing to with his book. You know, it's a it's a series of firsts, particularly if you've got a character that's a twelve year old character. It is truly a series of firsts, and that can be really exciting to write. And I think that's one of the things that's sort of attracting me to write Noble, uh, my young adult novel is that it's a little bit about first and exploration and and what it's like and noble is a character who he gets caught up in uh a just not the best situations all the time and he's in a gang he gets into a gang and what happens to him and the interesting thing about it is that this i'm writing this character who is a male and he's a white male and i'm not <laughs> so it's interesting to write from that perspective the fourth reason i have is that you know you could always sell the movie rights which is kind of cool right twilight game movie Harry Potter came a movie. You know, so these things, it's cool. Hunger Games, that can go on and on and on. And my fifth reason is you could also turn your book into a stage production, which I think would be really interesting to attempt. I can't off the top of my head think of anybody who's 
done that other than most recently with the Harry Potter series. But I'm sure they're out there. But that's the fifth reason you might want to check out young adult fiction and write from that perspective. But, you know, if it's not something you read, then you probably should do some reading first. And as I said at the top and, and during this show, I read and have read a lot of middle grade, which goes up into that 12-year-old range, 12, 13-year-old range, and then ya starts to pick up at about that same time, right, young adult. Um, so I've done a lot of that. And, of course, I, I started to read Twilight, the first one. I read um, a couple other clearly young adult where the kids in the books were 18 years old or 17 years old or 16 years old. So I have done that, but I need to do even more of that. So that's my suggestion to you is read more in the, in the area where you want to write because it will help you understand the genre even better. And that's really important in order to get the voice right for the characters that you're trying to create in your stories. So I hope you found this helpful. Five reasons to write young adult fiction and some of them are true. Um, and then all of the information from Kyle Hiller. It was great having him on the show. As I said, check out his website um, so you can see what he's all about. He has um, a, a trailer, a book trailer, that he also put together for the recital. So give him some feedback about that as well. I want to thank you so much for joining me here on Back Porch Writer, the show for writers about writers and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull up a chair, sit a spell, and write. Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackPorchWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write.